0: Welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hi everyone, this is Lara Nasesian and welcome to the Boston Hills podcast. I'm so excited to be here with each of you today and do a solo episode on a particular topic which seems particularly timely for anyone who lives in Sydney right now, given that we've just gone into another two-week lockdown, but also for anybody who works from home, anyone at all who has had to adapt or pivot or adjust to working from home in their daily lives or intermittently, this is the episode for you. And I realized when we announced in Sydney that we were going into another lockdown that I'd never actually recorded a podcast episode. I think I've blogged about this topic before, but I've never actually sat down and done a solo episode talking about my strategies and my tips for being able to effectively work from home. And the reason I wanted to share it is because last time when we were in this situation and we went into a lockdown period. I looked at that like an unbelievably rare time for us to do all of the things that we wanted to do, but usually don't have the time for. You know, we always talk about. This resource of time, you know, this time is, you know, really our most valuable resource and we never seem to be able to get enough of it. And then the ironic thing is it's like when we do get more time, then we don't know what to do with it. So is it really time that's the issue or is it the way that we utilize our time and the way that we are being intentional with using our time. And so I wanted to talk to you about a few strategies that I've used to help me be super productive. In fact, my most productivity has really come out of COVID where at the beginning of COVID is when I really doubled down and I decided to properly release and launch the Boss in Hills podcast. And it went on to being in the top podcast charts in careers for Apple Podcasts in Australia amongst other countries. It was also recognized In some pretty sensational publications, and was rated as the number one podcast to listen to during COVID. And that was just as a result of me making a decision and a commitment to myself that this is something that I knew I should be doing and that all of the excuses were now out the window. You know, I had the time, I had. The equipment, I had everything that I needed to make this come to life. And, you know, the excuses were no longer going to hold any water. So that is how I used the last lockdown period. Um, and I used it really productively and I get that everyone's in different situations and I'm very attuned to the fact that, you know, not everybody has the luxury of being able to work from home. Not everybody you know, not everyone's roles would sort of allow for them to do that. I know that there's, you know, people in hospitality and retail industries that don't have the luxury of being able to work from home. And so I realise that this is coming from a very privileged position and I feel unbelievably grateful that I get to work from home. That's something that I probably write down in my gratitude journal every day is just the ability to be able to work from home is something that i absolutely do not take for granted and i really just wanted to kind of share you know some of these strategies to be able to effectively work from home and hopefully give you some insights and inspiration into my day how i structure my day some some of the things that i do that have helped me out enormously before we get stuck into today's episode, though, I did just want to remind you guys that if you are enjoying this show, then the best way that you can show your support is to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It takes like two seconds to do so, and it really does go a long way. And thank you to everyone who's done that. Really, the the reviews that I get on the podcast, I, I just... I'm blown away by some of them. So thank you so very much to everyone who has already taken time out to do that. I really, really appreciate it. The other ways that you can help the podcast and the show and also help other people is to recommend it to a friend or a family member or a PR, you know, maybe someone that you work with who you know is struggling to work from home and could really use some strategies, you know, share this episode with them. And also to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Boston Hills underscore. And that way I can reshare your posts. And I always love seeing your screenshots and um, photos of you listening to the show on your morning commutes and walks and while you're at the gym and doing all kinds of wonderful things. So um, I just wanted to remind you to to do that. Um, If you are enjoying the show, it really, really does go a long way. So without further ado, I'm going to get stuck into today's episode, which is 10 tips to effectively work from home. So one of the first things that I do every single day is part of my morning routine. And without fail, I write down a number of things which I feel grateful for every morning. So I actually pull out my gratitude journal as part of my morning routine and I write down all of the things that I feel grateful for in, in that day, in that moment, something that happened the day before, the night before that really stood out to me. Maybe it was a really pleasant interaction with someone. Maybe it was You know, just the, again, like I touched on in my intro, you know, the ability to be able to work from home, you know, having my home, having my job, you know, being able to do what I love, having my health. Um, you know, having money regularly, you know, flow to me, um, you know, all of these things that I think are so easy to take for granted, but I really do kind of sit down every day and I write down all of the things that I feel grateful for, you know, my husband, my family, my friends, their health, you know, all of these things that I just feel immense gratitude for. And the simple act of putting pen to paper and writing down the things that I do feel grateful for has had an enormous impact on my life. It's had an enormous impact on my mindset, on my mental state. And I really, like I said, I really do feel fortunate for so many things in my life. I really do feel fortunate that, like I said, this is a privileged position to be able to work from home, that I get to work from home. And one thing that I will say is when you focus on the good in your life, then you invite more goodness to come in. And the amount of goodness that has come into my life since I've done this gratitude practice on a daily basis has increased exponentially. And I think this is something that I've spoken to a uh, to, to you guys about before, but I probably keep I'm gonna keep reiterating this message because it's so powerful. Like to focus on the good, to actually put pen to paper and write down just a few things that you feel grateful for. It really does go such a long way. So I think it's really easy to automatically look at all the negatives and look at, oh, I'm so frustrated that I can't do this, or I had to cancel these plans, or I wanted to go there, or I had to cancel my holiday. And you know, I get it, you know. I think that some situations have been really unfortunate, you know, people having to cancel their weddings and, you know, do all of these things. And I understand the emotion that's tied to those types of. Events and milestones in our life. So I'm not trying to take any of that away from anyone, but I think it's easy for us to just default and look to the negative, to look to the bad, to look at all of the things that we can't do, all of the places that we can't go. But rather than that, you know, shifting that mindset and looking at all of the things that we can do, you know, I get to do this. I can work from home. You know, I can still work out. I still, I I can find the time to do the things that I've been wanting. To do for so long, and I've been complaining that I don't have enough time to do it. You know, there's so many things that you can do that you can really use this time effectively for, and you know, really choosing to look at what you can do and what you do have as opposed to what you can't do and what you don't have. So, the number one tip that I wanted to share is to focus on gratitude and to adopt some sort of daily gratitude practice. The second work from home strategy that I wanted to share is to create a workspace that you love. This is a really big one for me because I'm someone who is really affected and impacted by their physical environment. And I'm a big believer in creating a space that you love. And I think that when you surround yourself with the things that you love, when you create a calm and organized space, I really believe That then sort of transmutes into your mind. Um, You know, I really believe, you know, tidy home, tidy mind. Like, I really do live by that philosophy. And I think, particularly when we are spending so much time at home, I think that, you know, it warrants, you know, a little bit of extra love and care and thought and planning into the space that you're spending so many hours of your day and your life in. And so there's a few strategies that I found were really helpful for me when we first went into lockdown and when we first started working from home on a more sort of permanent basis, I suppose. And, you know, one of the biggest things was to create a designated space to work, you know, even if you don't have a designated office or home office or study to work from and to set up your workstation from just being able to have a designated space to work so you're not like blurring all the lines between work and play. So, you know, don't work on the lounge where, you know, you wind down and you watch some TV in the evenings with your partner or your loved ones or your family don't, don't blur those lines, you know, make sure that you set yourself up, you know, properly. So have a dedicated space to work if you are like me. And again, I'm very fortunate that I have a designated home office that I set up. And if you follow me on Instagram, I've shown little glimpses of what my home office looks like. So be sure to jump on and follow me along on my stories because I do show some behind the scenes of things that I'm doing and working on and the space that I've created. And I love being in my home office. like It really does make me feel good and calm. And I'm also incredibly productive because there's not a lot of distractions in there. And I Have dedicated this space to working and working only. I don't use this room for anything else other than to work. And I'm not, you know, kind of confusing all of these spaces. You know, if you don't have the luxury of Having a dedicated room, then maybe it's just finding a dedicated space. Like maybe it's still setting up a desk or, you know, maybe if you live in a really small apartment and all you have is your dining table, then maybe it's just sitting on your dining table in a certain orientation. And that's your, you know, chair for working from home. But when you're eating and when you're doing other things, you choose to sit in a different chair. And that way you're sort of creating that sort of Differentiation between work and eat and work and play and all of these other facets of our lives. Um, so number one is really to create a designated space to work. The other thing I'd, I, that I will say is, you know, really just, um, you know, getting rid of any clutter that's surrounding your space, you know, making sure that you're clearing the table, making sure that you've got everything that you need, that it's organized, that everything's clearly laid out. Um, You know, keeping your laptop, your charger. Your notepad, your stationery in its place, and making sure that everything does have its place. And then, you know, also making your space as comfortable as it possibly could be. You know, if you're sitting on a chair that's really uncomfortable, or if your posture is bad, or if you're slouching, or, you know, you're trying to work from your bed, or I really do not recommend <laughs> that you do that. Um, you know, just actually taking some time out to make sure that your equipment is set up properly, making sure that, you know, it's Ergonomically um, meeting certain standards, and you know, treating yourself with the self-love and self-respect that you so deserve to make sure that you are actually, you know, giving yourself, you know, the the best possible environment to work from. That you are looking after yourself, your health, your posture. All of these types of things. And the other thing that I will say is to surround yourself with things that you love. So whether it's going out and getting some fresh flowers or burning a candle or just even having your window, windows and doors open and getting some fresh air coming through. Like these types of things really do go a long way. And I know we're in the middle of winter here in Sydney now. So It's not always feasible to have all the windows and doors open, even though I love doing that. Um, but just looking for little ways that you can bring a sense of calm or joy into your day, into your life. You know, for me, it's even just going and getting a coffee from. The local cafe and, you know, bringing that back and then sitting on my desk. And it just makes it a bit more of an enjoyable experience because I'm just doing these little things that bring me a sense of joy and help me to create a workspace that I love. So number two is to create a workspace that you love. Point number three is to set a schedule. So one of the biggest contributing factors when it comes to productivity is to set a schedule. My days are so much more productive when, you know, I have a routine, I have a plan of how my day is going to run. And there's this quote by Jim Rohn that I live by that says that either you run the day or the day runs you. And if you don't plan your day, then, you know, The day is going to run you. You know, you're not going to be in control of your day if you haven't taken any time out to actually plan, you know, and prepare for your day. So just as I would when I'm working in the office, working from home, I've got a work from home routine that serves me really well. And so, you know, I use my calendar and um, I think I touched on this in a previous episode, my calendarizing technique, and I've got a blog post written about it as well on bossinhills.com, where I go into a lot of detail in terms of how I actually set my schedule and how I use calendar in my Outlook and iPhone to really structure and set my day up for success. And so, for example, like my day when I'm in working from home mode is a slightly different because I'm not having to factor in commuting. Um, I'm still getting ready and, you know, putting on a little bit of makeup and those types of things in the day, but I'm not getting ready and dressed Necessarily in the same way that I would in the office. I'll get to that a little bit later, but, um, you know, I still do have a solid morning routine, which I follow. So I still endeavor to get up at five in the morning. I do 10 minutes of breathing. Um, I do breath work by Wim, um, Wim Hof, and then I do 10 minutes of meditation using the Headspace app. So that's 20 minutes of breath work and mindfulness. Then I pick up the book that I'm reading and I always get questions about how many books, how can I read through so many books? And my real secret to that is one, build, building it into my daily routine and two, doing it in the morning. Um, so I think I'm onto like book number 15 of this year um, because I dedicate... Like at least 20 minutes in the morning to reading. And then once I've done that, I'll get out my gratitude journal and I'll spend, you know, about five minutes writing down all of the things that I feel grateful for. And then um once I've done that, I'll get up, I'll get dressed, I'll go for a walk, usually for a good sort of 45 minutes, sometimes longer, just depending on which route I take. And then when I come back, I'll have a shower, I'll get dressed, I'll, you know, get ready for the day. Um, and then I'll, you know, um, I'll I'll still work on Boston Hills in the morning before I start my corporate job. So Normally by this time it's around like 7.30. Um and I'll spend like a good kind of hour to hour and a half working on Boston Hills, whether it's a day like this morning where it's about 7.30 right now and I'm recording a podcast before, you know, I kind of clock on to my corporate job. Um other days I might be doing things for social media. I might have an early morning client, um, a coaching client. I, I have a lot of US-based coaching clients. Um, and because of the time difference, it actually really suits them and me to do like an early morning session, because this is kind of like afternoon for them around this time. Um, and then I'll go and get a coffee and then I will come back and I'll clock onto my corporate job at around 9 a.m., I'll work for a solid couple of hours in the morning, try and get all of the hard tasks done first. And then I'll take a break like around 12 or 12.30. I'll go for a walk, another walk, lots of walking on my work from home days. Um, but I'll go for a walk um, for about 45 minutes again at lunchtime. And then I'll come back and I'll have something to eat. So I probably take like an hour lunch break on my days that I do work from home. And then I come Come back, and I've usually got lots of meetings and calls and things like that in the afternoon. So I try and just kind of smash through all of those, and then I'm very fortunate because at my company we offer um, we have an on-site gym, and whenever we've had to default to working permanently from home um, or for a period of time, the company that we use that provides personal training services for us are able to adapt and they will host our classes on Zoom. So these classes take place at like 10 past five. So I'll um, quickly get ready for the gym. I'll log on to a Zoom class um, that will go till about 6 p.m. And then I've got like another workout in. So this is like two walks and one workout that I'll do every day when I'm working from home. And I think just the the she sort of act of getting up and moving is so important. Like, you know, it's so easy to just kind of go from your desk to the couch. And some days, you know, it does take a little bit of motivation, but I find, you know, discipline really kicks in when, you know, motivation isn't there. And so by having it in my routine, having it in my calendar, it's not so much a matter of Could I be bothered going to the gym tonight? Yes or no? It's a matter of, it's in my calendar. I'm going to show up. I'm going to treat this like I would treat any other appointment, any other meeting that I've had. If I've shown up for everybody else today, all of my clients, my, you know, CEO, other other team members, other people that I'm working with or speaking with throughout the day, why should I not show up for myself? Why should I show up for other people and not even show up for myself? So, you know, I think that we so often put ourselves last, but I think it's really important to treat yourself just as you would treat CEO or someone who you really love or care about. And also, like, you know, if someone asks you, hey, should I go to the gym tonight? You'd probably say, yeah, you should go. You'll feel so much better for it afterwards. And you always do. You never regret a workout. I've never regretted a workout. You always feel so much better. Um, so I normally work out until six and then I'll come back and I'll keep working because I'm normally not done by six. It's normally the time that people will start to leave me alone because I get a lot of phone calls and emails and things like that during the day. So this is sort of like some dedicated focus time to help kind of wrap up the day. And then, um, and then it's like having a shower, having dinner and then like kind of winding down for the night. And normally I'll try and get into bed like a bit earlier so that I can get up at 5 a.m. with ease. So if I can get into bed by about like 9 or 9.30, um, then I'm doing, you know, pretty well from a routine perspective. So that's kind of roughly what my day looks like, but I think, you know, do whatever works for you. I think that what has helped me enormously is actually just committing to waking up at the same time every day. It doesn't really matter what time that is, whether it's, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know, whatever suits you, but actually just making a commitment that you're going to get up at the same time every day and at least do one nice thing for yourself before you get up and go to work for someone else. So for me, I spend, you know, 90 minutes to two hours of the day on myself before I do anything for anyone else. And that makes me just a better human being all around. <laughs> I really believe that me, it sounds selfish, but it's not, it's necessary. And because, um, I do that because I invest in myself. It means that I'm able to give more of myself to other people because I've already filled up my own cup first and I'm not trying to pour from an empty cup. So I really am such a big advocate of having a solid morning routine and doing something nice for yourself before you get up and go to work for someone else. So number three is to set a schedule. Number four is to write a to do list. So I find writing a to do list to be incredibly helpful. It's such a basic tool. It's free. It doesn't cost anything to do so. But what I do find is that when I write things down instead of keeping them in my head, it really helps me to gain a sense of calm and control. It also means that I don't miss things. I don't forget things because the second that something kind of pops into my mind or When I sit down and I do this practice on a weekly basis where I do power planning and I've recorded an episode on this previously, but I'll spend some time and I'll ask myself what else, what else, what else until I can't think of anything else that I have to get done. And what it does is it helps to free up bandwidth to focus on making decisions and other more challenging tasks for the day. Because I've got everything that's been causing me a sense of anxiety or stress in terms of, oh my gosh, I've got all of these things that I need to get done. It puts all of these things from my mind onto a page and then I just have to systematically work through it. So, in my power planning method, what I talk about is how I translate everything on my to-do list and actually calendarize it in to my diary so that it's actually an outcome and not Um, necessarily just a task. So I'm not being a taskmaster, but I'm, and you know, doing busy work for the sake of being busy, but I'm actually putting in the outcomes of the things that I need to achieve in that day or in that week in my calendar. And I'm actually allocating the time to, to get those things done. Because so often, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but when I was operating off a to-do list and a to-do list alone, what I would find was that I would, sometimes get through some of the things on my to-do list, but a lot of the things I just never get down to being able to do them. And they just keep getting like this can that just kept getting kicked down the road. And it's like, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that next week. And it would never happen. Whereas what I find is by putting these things in your calendar, you're actually dedicating time for that specific task. And then it just makes it so much likely that you'll actually do that task. So writing a to-do list is really, really beneficial in terms of getting all of those thoughts from your mind onto a page, doing a bit of a thought download um, and having that kind of a system to help relieve yourself from any feelings of anxiety or overwhelm. Um, but then also putting those tasks into a calendar, I think is that next step that's really helped me in terms of my effectiveness and productivity. So, that is number four. Number five is to swap your work commute for a walk. So, you know, since the last round of lockdown, what I found was really helpful was that, you know, rather than me driving to the office, um, I started to kind of bookend each day by beginning and starting each day with a work and ending it with a, sorry, with a walk. (laughs) Um, Each work day with a walk and then ending it with either a walk or a workout of some sort. So I find it's just a really great way of, again, you know, um, Looking through and working through these boundaries, creating these boundaries so that your work day doesn't just blur into your, you know, evening time. Um, so I, you know, I love getting outdoors for a walk. I find it so calming. Being outside in nature, um, is just such a nice way to start the day, especially early morning when it's quiet. The birds are chirping and there's not a lot of traffic. There's not a lot of people out and about. I really do feel like that is golden hour and just the benefit of being out in nature is so grounding and so calming. Um, But yeah, really just what I found, having something, some sort of physical marker of going for a walk or a workout At the beginning and end of each workday, really helped me to create some sort of boundary and create some sort of distinction so that my work and personal life was not all morphing into one. So, if you're not able to kind of get outside, you know, I know here in Sydney, it's winter, it's cold, it's dark, like I get it. Um, There's so many things you could do, there's so many online workouts for free that you could do by just, you know, logging on to your computer and having it in your living room or balcony or whatever sort of works for you. But I found that that was a really, really productive practice. And then also, you know, my step count went out. I actually lost weight during COVID. (laughs) Not that I was trying to lose weight, but I I actually did lose some weight during COVID because I was walking so much and I was moving more than I would when I was sitting in the office. I think you can really think about how you can start utilizing your day and rather than pretend that, you know, your work commute, treat it like a a morning you know, treat it like a work commute, but go for a walk instead of, you know, driving or whether you catch a train or bus or some other mode of transport, um, I think it's a really nice way to bookend each day and to create those boundaries. But also, is really great for your health as well. Number six is to create clear boundaries, and I guess this kind of ties into some of the things that I was just sharing. But you know, creating clear boundaries is incredibly important when it comes to working from home. So, not just you know creating those clear physical boundaries is to kind of. Wear You'll work in your home. What space you're going to allocate? So, for example, you know, working on a certain chair in your dining table, on your dining table, or in your office, or in your desk, rather than working on your couch or on your bed, and reserving those active those spaces for different sort of activities that they're designed for, which is you know sleep and rest, Um, and also just you know, for me. Just creating some other physical boundaries in terms of putting my laptop away at the end of my workday and actually just kind of packing it away, putting in the drawer, you know, and just actually just kind of physically marking that, okay, I'm done working for the day. And I find that those little habits and these little practices can go a really long way to help create clear boundaries. So I'm not going to go too much more into this because I feel like we've kind of covered it as I've talked about other aspects in terms of bookmarking your day and creating a physical space, but you kind of get the point, you know, look for ways that you can create boundaries in your day and in your physical space. Point number seven is to take regular breaks. So I highly recommend scheduling in regular breaks throughout the workday. Um, so whether it's for me, you know, going out and, you know, getting a coffee from the cafe, which requires me to, you know, go, go outside, go for a little bit of a walk, get some fresh air, come back and just, you know, do something that helps break up the morning for example um you know taking an actual lunch break and you know scheduling in lunch break in your calendar i actually block out lunch in my calendar now because when i didn't do it people would just sort of insert themselves <laughs> in my lunch break and you know i just wouldn't even get 5 minutes to myself to like eat or like you know go for a walk or get outside and stretch so actually just scheduling in time to go for a lunch break, um, you know, having a bit of a mid-afternoon break, like go and get yourself a snack, go and walk around the block, you know, do something just to get off your desk and get moving. Um, you know, anything that, you know, requires for you to sit down all day, every day is never going to be good for your productivity. And it's not going to be good for your health in the long run either. So make a conscious effort to take breaks and actually plug them into your calendar so you can stick to them and you can treat them like you would treat a meeting that you have to show up for. So number seven is to take breaks. Number eight is to get dressed. <laughs> so whilst it is very tempting when you're working from home to roll out of bed and just like hit your workstation in your pajamas, make a conscious effort to get ready and to get dressed every day. So get out of bed, take a shower, <laughs> um, actually take a shower, you know, get changed into something that is you know, not your pajamas. Like I'm not saying that you have to get dressed in a suit and um, you know a full-on corporate outfit um, as if you're going into the office. But you know, just just put something on that you know is semi-respectable that still makes you look put together. You can still be comfortable. Um, but don't don't stay in your pajamas. <laughs> it just really makes you feel sluggish. And then again, you're blurring the boundaries between sleep and work. And so, you're sending these signals to your brain that everything's just merged into one and your brain and your body does not have these clear distinctions between when you're sleeping and when you're working. So, you know, even if it is just kind of like comfy sort of or put together loungewear or athleisure or something like that, you know, just make an effort to kind of put something together that is not your pajamas. Take a little bit of pride in your personal presentation. Um, you know, I again I won't do like a full face of makeup unless I'm on some important meetings and things like that. But I'll still kind of make sure my hair is like really like neat and like put together. I'll put a little bit of makeup on. I won't put on like a full face of makeup, but I will still put like some makeup on because I just feel better. Um, And I just make an effort to kind of just get dressed and, you know, just show up in a respectable way. And I think that that really does go a long way. So number eight is to get dressed. Number nine is to stay hydrated. So, you know, health professionals continually talk about the countless benefits of staying hydrated, um, you know, drinking plenty of water will boost your productivity. It helps you to fight off feelings of fatigue um, and it's just good for your health generally. So make sure that whilst you are working from home that you keep a large refillable drink bottle or jug or something like that next to you. So that you're just constantly reminded of the need to drink water. It really does help with productivity and alertness and focus and all of those types of things. Um, and the 10th strategy that I wanted to share with you is to keep in touch. So, you know, social distancing, lockdown, you know, working from home, all of these things can be very isolating, especially for those of us who are accustomed to talking to a lot of people, to being around a lot of people every day. You know, it can be quite a um, a bit of a shock to the system to go from the business and the, the sort of the hustle and bustle of being in an office and being around people to then, you know, being kind of on your own, especially if you live on your own, or if you're at home on your own all day, you know, it can be quite lonely and isolating for some. Um, personally, I like being on on my own. I find that, um, it kind of like feeds my introvert tendencies, um, I think I'm like, um on a sliding scale of, I think we're all on a sliding scale of, you know, whether we're an introvert or extrovert, I don't think you're necessarily one or the other. I think we're just varying degrees of those. And, you know, I really do enjoy kind of time to myself and being on my own. I don't, I don't, um, yeah, I, I don't really not enjoy that. Um, I actually really enjoy my own company and <laughs> Time to myself, but I realize it's not easy for everyone, and I realize that we're all different. And also, as human beings, we're not designed to be isolated. You know, we're social beings. Um, you know, being around people is one of our basic human requirements and needs. And you know, really, just making conscious effort to you know reach out to people to keep communication open, keep communication open with your boss, with your co-workers. Talk to people. Don't remove yourself. You know, don't um, don't hide. You know, you know you don't want to kind of socially remove yourself from other people. And sometimes it might require a little bit of effort to actually reach out to someone else and check in with other people, or just schedule in a little, you know, Zoom catch up so you can at least see each other's faces. Like, you know, there's so many ways that you can keep in in touch with each other via, you know, email, phone. FaceTime, you know, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, Slack, you know, whatever it is that kind of works for you. Um, but I think just keeping in touch is a really, really important part of working from home um, and just kind of keeping that interaction and communication open with people as well. So, there you have it. They are my 10 tips to effectively work from home. To So, just to recap, number one is to um, practice gratitude on a daily basis. Number two is to create a workspace that you love. Number three is to set a schedule and have some sort of work from home routine. Number four is to write a to do list. Number five is to swap your work commute for a walk or some other form of physical exercise and movement. Number six is to create clear boundaries. Number seven is to take regular breaks. Number eight is to get dressed and take a little bit of pride in your personal appearance. Number nine is to stay hydrated. And number 10 is to keep in contact and keep in touch. So I hope that you enjoyed my 10 strategies to be able to effectively work from home. These 10 strategies are something that I live by. It's something that I have found has helped me to be able to manage working from home really productively, but also in a way that makes working from home really enjoyable as well and you know, like I said at the start of this conversation, time is, you know, our most valuable resource. And when we work from home, then, you know, technically when we're not commuting and we're not doing all of these other things, we do get a little bit of time back in our calendar and in our day. And so ask yourself, you know, what can I do with that time? What's something nice that I can do for myself with that time? You know, whether it is building out something in your morning routine, you know, just even reading a Book in the morning with a cup of tea and just having a bit of a slower pace start to the day. You know, what is it that you can do that can really help you to gain a sense of calm and clarity and control, but also really get a little bit of joy back into your day as well? So I really hope that you found this episode useful and helpful. If you did, then please take a screenshot and share it with me on social media at BostonHills underscore. I'd love to be able to read. Share some of your posts and also recommend it to someone who you know would really benefit from listening to these tips. You know, share it with people in your workplace who are also working from home and might not have all of the tools or strategies and haven't quite worked out how they can make working from home work for them. So, like I said, you know, either we run the day or the day runs us. And I hope that by listening to this episode, It helps give you some inspiration, insights and practical tools that you can apply to help you run your own day and take control of your day. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you so much. And I will be back again next week with a brand new episode of the Boston Heels podcast. Take care and look after yourselves and each other. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boston Heels podcast. Be sure to visit BostonHeels.com for a ton of information, resources and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.